0: to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you are really enjoying what we do here on the Internet Marketing Podcast, then if you could, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app, of course. That would be fab. Um, it really helps us to grow the podcast and ensure we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Right, today I'm joined by James Taylor, author, speaker and international authority on creativity. James, how are you?
1: Wonderful. Very lovely to speak to you today as well.
0: Uh, likewise, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do. You do a lot, don't you?
1: Yes, I'm a little bit of a master of of a couple of different things. And and, uh, so my my background initially came from the music industry. I used to manage uh, pop and rock artists. I managed bands like Deacon Blue from Mm -hmm. the UK and also worked members of the Rolling Stones and lots of kind of Grammy award winners. And then I got completely fed up or I'm originally from Scotland. So they they have a word here, scunnered. I got completely scunnered, fed up with the music industry. And I, I made a transition around 2010. I moved to Silicon Valley. Uh, to work in tech and online marketing. And, that, and kind of that's then transitioned me into what I do now, which is kind of using some of those online marketing skills, but really helping people and helping organizations to become more creative uh, through different products and different things I do. Fantastic.
0: Now, um, the title of today's show, it's actually quite a long title, but essentially it's The Creative Life, isn't it? Simple Ways to Boost Your Creativity, um, Innovate in Business and Become a Creative Genius so let's start off um tell us about some of the common attributes of of the culture in creative organizations right now
1: yeah So, I mean it, 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 what's interesting I mean just to give people a little bit of a, a kind of go back at one step um i I remember you know years ago uh, this was uh, this was about two thousand eight two thousand and nine actually listening to this show um and this is just i was kind of one point that it, like the power of podcasts, if nothing yeah. else. Is uh, I was listening to this show. I was I was in the UK at that point, working with all these music artists, um, and I just kind of got interested in online marketing and and marketing more generally as well. Mm. And uh, I said, "That's I actually want to make a little bit of a change." So I ended up moving to Silicon Valley to work. There, I got a call one day from one of the founding team at AOL asking me if I would come to Silicon Valley and work in helping build this this company. We built it very very fast and grew grew very, very fast with that company. And one of the things, when, when I made that transition, moved to to California, I got very interested around, I've be, always been working with creative individuals, but then being in San Francisco, you start seeing about being around creative organizations, which have a, a kind of slightly different thing. So mm. I think that the first, the first thing I would say about, you know, what kind of attributes of, of creative organizations is, uh, the philosopher Plato he had this expression, what is valued in a place is cultivated there. And in Silicon Valley, they value creativity and they value innovation, and you can see that in, in just loads of different, like little small things. As well, everything from not just like the, the physical environments in which you're in, but you know the way they give feedback. And give you, and give listeners a, a kind of couple of little kind of tips around that as well. But um, the the thing I I'm really passionate about, kind of creativity, just now is we're kind of going through this phenomenal change in work where we're going from a time where people kind of did tasks, where we're now bringing in AI. Robots, mm. ult- automation, and uh, what the, the World Economic Forum says in the next uh, kind of five to ten years, creativity will be the third most important job skill because robots will basically be taking a lot of those lower level jobs. Yeah. So I started kind of getting interested in this. I moved to Silicon Valley, I started working, building these businesses, and I think, well, how does how does bio, you know, how does you know creativity actually kind of work? And as I started d- diving into it, what I found is the this idea of of culture uh is very important this expression where you know change change the water not the fish if the fish is sick you want to change the water first yeah so probably the the simplest thing that many organizations can do is focus on the culture of the organization first and then start working on individual kind of uh creative kind of skills and things so i'll I'll give i'll give you a classic example of this um in in the bay area just on on the east bay there's a company a little company called pixar Yes. Um, and uh, many of your listeners will know you like Toy Story and Brave and <clears throat> all these great uh, movies. Now, the thing I find fascinating about about Pixar as a, in terms of how they do creativity as an organization is how they give feedback. And I think this works especially well whether you're working in a large engineering company or a marketing agency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the first thing you notice is, is, is every morning they, they'll have their stand ups or their version of their stand up meetings where they'll look at the work from the previous day. How they give feedback, the way in which they give feedback is critical. So, the first thing I would say is they ensure that when they give feedback, it's not too early in the process. Sometimes, especially on, on, in the germination of creative ideas, if you come in a little bit too early with, you know, oh, this, is, this is not working, this is there's something wrong here, it can crush some of those early ideas. Yeah. But probably the bigger part is the way in which they create, they give this feedback they have high level of kind of specificity about what they say. So they say what is uh, unclear or or is wrong. So I'll give you an example. Let's say they look at the work from the previous day and they're looking at some of the slides from that day. Instead of saying, oh, that scene just doesn't work, you know, that's terrible, that scene. They'll say something like, in that scene, it lacks the pace of the previous scene because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So just being a little bit more specific with your feedback is is extremely powerful and uh, so very little, little small things um, like that can actually amount up to a lot because it just starts to create a culture as well. Um, another classic thing, uh, probably every organization does this, is around brainstorming sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, brainstorming, first invented in the 1930s, uh, BBDO created it. Um, great idea. Unfortunately, most companies do it totally wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been in that experience of being in a brainstorming session where somehow it usually ends up with the guy with the the whiteboard. It's usually a guy. Yeah. The guy with the whiteboard pen that dominates the board and all the ideas.
0: I have seen that. Yes. Yes. It's a
1: horrible experience. And and I think for a lot of and I work with a lot of engineers and software engineers. And, you know, a lot of those, those folks are quite introverted characters. And so brainstorming sessions, the way that they're often done, they just don't work. They're just not good. So, you know, kind of quick tip for some things that people can take away in in their own organizations is before you ever run any kind of brainstorming or ideation session, give everyone the problem in advance. Tell them what the problem is so they're not coming into the room like, "Okay, what are we here for (laughs) again? (laughs) So for a lot of introverted people, that allows them to kind of work on, think about, reflect on the, the problem before they come into the room. And then once they're in the room, everyone should have, you know, pens you know post-it notes everyone should be able to first go up onto the board start putting their initial ideas and then you start getting into the actual the, the real depth of the brainstorming session itself so you yeah. don't have that thing of one person dominating the board post-it notes
0: are so useful aren't they i've been into, in so many meetings because i'm a software engineer and we we have like uh we, we have stand-ups like you mentioned we have um sort of um sprint planning meeting a sprint is where you yep. do like a, a one or two week section of work um and post-it notes are amazing, aren't they? They're a very nice way of uh, preventing the, the syndrome that you just described—the alpha male at the whiteboard syndrome.
1: Exactly, and, and what I like about we use with our team, we use Trello and Slack. Um, and most of our team are in the Philippines, so it allows. The, and and we all really value having that the visual component, like a, a bit, like an online version of the post-it notes. And we do the yeah. same thing, you know, agile um, in terms of how we do our project management as well um and and so there's something there's something kind of special if you can have those things visually but if you give people the the ability that that, that no one can kind of dominate and i think this is especially hard for you know alpha type characters yeah type A's,
0: (laughs) alpha type characters
1: you can want you want to get straight in like okay this is what we do this is the solution um and that can be lovely from an ego perspective, but it's actually not so good from a, from a creative organization perspective. You want to come If something, if you if you're, are that person, you want to sometimes kind of pull back a little bit, let others explore their ideas first. Yeah. Um, and then, by all means, come in with your thoughts, but you can kind of quickly crush people and crush their ideas if, you're, if you just kind of dominate the room in that way. What I'd like to do, if it's okay with
0: you, I mean, I'd like to talk about the sort of creative process Generally, because I know that you've got a sort of a five-stage process, haven't you? Tell us about this sort of these sort of tried and tested techniques of being creative from this five-stage process.
1: Sure, and what's funny about this is I kind of talk through this, this this five steps or stages, and it doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to content marketers in in Boston or I'm speaking to, I obviously spoke to uh, judges and lawyers in Edinburgh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I actually kind of talked through this and and you can see, oh, I can see how that fits in with, with what I do. So it's kind of, it's agnostic in terms of the industry. It, this is kind of, is basically the way it works. Another thing I should pre- preface it by is I'm going to, I'll describe it in a, a linear fashion, but in, in, in reality, it's iterative. You can kind of go back and forth. So yeah. the first stage of, of this creative process is what we call the preparation stage. It's that stage where if you're working on a new project, creative project, you have to absorb as much information as possible about that. So... For example, I've worked with a lot of musicians in the past, so they would absorb, they would listen to recordings by other musicians to get inspiration. Mm-hmm. If you're a visual artist, you'll, you'll go and you know, go to galleries and look at works by other visual artists. If you're a writer, you'll read the works or you'll go and go to a place and study the, the place that you're going to be writing about. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll look at funnels and marketing funnels and, and how other entrepreneurs are building their businesses as well. So that first stage of the creative process, that preparation stage, what we normally say is it's best done in kind of quieter kind of environments or environments with maybe a little bit of low level noise, like coffee shops are fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. But the point of that is not necessarily to come up with anything new and creative. The point is to absorb as much as possible. So for example, when I was speaking to lawyers the other day for them in that stage, they're just trying, they're having to absorb all the casework related to that particular thing. So that's, that's, that's the first thing you need to kind of just load up on, on information first. Yeah. The next stage, stage two, is what we call the incubation stage. This is the bit, what I find is a, a lot of people will, will try and jump from, you need to give yourself a little bit of a gap. Um, we call it the incubation stage. Essentially, what you want to do, if you're working on a project, give yourself, maybe switch to another project for a week or so. And what, what will happen is, all the information that you've taken in, you basically you put it to the back of your subconscious, but your, your, your brain's still working on it. It's just yep. working on it in the background. It's kind of churning on that information. Mm. So you kind of have to kind of switch. So with my team, for example, we're in that stage. I'll, I'll have them focus on another project for maybe two weeks so they can just be thinking about it, reflecting in the, in the background. Now, here's here's a you know, uh, funny little thing about this incubation stage and, and the next stage, the, the kind of insight stage, is... Um, we often think about uh, um, these little, we call them creativity hacks, little things that inc- can increase by a relatively small percentage of your levels of creativity. Yeah. Um, things like colors, caffeine. So uh, I'll give an example. A University of British Columbia did a study, and they, they looked at which colors, if you have around you, will increase your levels of creativity. Right. What they found was actually if you have the color red around you. Um, it actually increases your levels of accuracy. So if you're an accountant and bookkeeper, remember the color red is a good color to have around you. If you put it around your screen, it actually increases your levels of accuracy. Really? The color, Yeah, the color blue, though, yeah. it will increase the number of ideas you have. Now, I'm talking about quantity and not necessarily quality, but they will increase the number of ideas. The University of Berlin, though, just did a study very recently, and actually it found... That the color green, especially the vibrant kind of green that you get out in nature, yeah, is the best color to have around you when, in terms of coming up with creative ideas. So, it's often the reason why we'll sometimes get some of our best ideas when we're out walking in nature because that color green is around. So, yeah. very simple thing: get some plants, get some things, get that that color green around you. Another useful thing to come up with with insights is around um, caffeine. So, high levels of caffeine, like coffee. It's yeah. very effective at the preparation stage because you're cramming all the information and it's also very effective at the last stage. But these middle stages, this stage two, three, and four, what Martha Ferrar is a neuroscience professor at the University of Pennsylvania. She's shown that high levels of caffeine will actually reduce the number of creative insights that you have. Really? So at this stage, dial down the caffeine. Go to the, you know, the herbal teas or water or something as well. Um, so this is a very simple kind of thing and So... We mentioned that incubation stage but this stage three this is the bit that they make the movies about yeah we call it the insight stage or the aha moment you know yeah. you have that but it just suddenly comes to you now the way that you get the insight stages is because you've you've done that previous work as well you've done those previous two stages and actually when it comes to creativity and innovation it's actually the, the smallest part you know it feels like it's a big thing but actually it's actually the smallest, smallest part, but you're know, going kind to of get that sensation. Oh, it's only kind of just kind of come to you, but that's because you've been preloading your brain with information beforehand. And here's another little tip. You will be more likely to come up with insights in those aha moments when you're doing low level physical activity. Yes. So I'll give you an example, like when you're out, you know, walking, out cycling, out, you know, do, doing stuff. Um, actually, bizarrely, you know, one of the reasons we get some of our best ideas in the shower in the morning oh that's me that? yeah i get is my that, best you? ideas in the shower yes yeah so you know one of the reasons we get that is a couple of things one you know you, you, you give that you're active you're a bit more active at that time but the other reason is because at that point in the morning your brain is kind of unwound you're not quite together yet um and importantly you're open to unconventional thoughts yeah so what's been going on is you've been maybe thought about something the day before the night before. You get up in the morning, your brain's kind of a little bit unwound. It's been kind of thinking about it overnight, though. You jump in the shower, you're kind of doing. You're here, you're doing your thing. And then these kind of ideas seem like they're coming out of the blue. Now, for most creative people, I'm imagining actually most listeners, you know, to the show, um, the big challenges for them is not stage one, two, and three. They're, they're often people that work in, in the marketing and, and the creative agencies, for example. They don't have a big challenge around that. Um they're actually in the minority because uh if you look at worldwide, only thirty-nine percent of people consider themselves creative. Mm. Um so that, that's probably you know for a lot of listeners here that you probably that's a lot of those folks. But the vast majority of people do not consider themselves creative, which is is insane if you think about creative as gonna be one of the most important skills. But for the people that do consider themselves to be creative in that's in that way, then the next stage, stage four, is the evaluation stage. And this is essentially where you say which of these ideas is one worth pursuing? Yeah. This is tough because if you're coming up with lots of creative ideas all the time, then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, which one, you know, which one do I do? Um, at this stage, this is where I think it comes into, uh, we often talk about third place in creativity. So not your home and not your work. So if you go back to like the ancient Greeks, they had symposiums, symposium, mostly means to drink together. So it's a place you would go, go with your buddies, and you like throw around ideas. Um yeah. if you if you go to, for example, Vienna in the 18th nineteen hundreds, like Freud and all these people, um, they would get together in coffee shops and they would like just talk about ideas mm-hmm. and things. You know, in mm-hmm. Edinburgh during the Enlightenment, that's they had their clubs, you know, every kind of had the clubs and go to ideas. So the evaluation, so the important part there is getting feedback before you decide what to do. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to like say, you know, meet with some people whether that's in a mastermind group or an association or group, say like, listen, I've got this idea. What, what do you think about it? And I think what you have to do at that point is you have to do a little bit of triangulation where you get a couple of views. And then finally you have to kind of say, oh, okay, you know, that's great. I've got the information in now. I'm going to make a decision as well. And that's, I mean, that evaluation stage is, is critical because you're getting all these kind of ideas. So you have to decide which ones are worth pursuing. And I think this is, Especially hard, and so I speak as someone who loves marketing, loves online marketing, mm. and there's a real danger of the bright, shiny thing syndrome. You know, some new thing is this month it's webinars. We'll talk to be using webinars. The month after that, it's going to be, you know, Instagram ads. You know, the month after that. So one of the, one of the challenges, I think, especially for this industry, you know, for, I, mean, I talk about marketing as an industry, mm. is you're, you're constantly having to decide, is this something I want to pursue, and um, and having those people around you that can sometimes just say to you, actually, you, you haven't quite finished on the previous thing, <laughs> creative project you're working on. Maybe get that one done first. And then the final stage I was just going to mention just round up is what we call the elaboration stage. And that's really where you know there's that, that expression, one percent inspiration, ninety nine percent perspiration. This is the ninety nine percent stuff. Right. This is where you create your minimum viable products, sprint, agile. That's where all that comes in. That's where you actually build out the thing, test it tweak it, improve it, and then, you know, go back to the beginning and, you know, start again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently,
0: I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what
1: the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Now the interesting thing about what you've that five-step process that you just described is it to me, the real sort of um analytical thinking didn't come until the evaluation stage. Have I got that right?
1: yeah so often what you want to try and do in the early stages is you want to hold back um any kind of critical necessarily critical thought. um that that really comes in as you said in that kind of evaluation stage where you have to decide. but in, in the in the early stages you want to be very open to different ideas yeah and actually you, you want to probably try and go out of your comfort zone there's a little thing you can do where like give yourself okay i'm going to come up with 10 ideas for this thing actually i would say come up with trying up 30 the first 10 will be relatively easy to do mm. The next 20 you know the next 10 will be pretty tough the last 10 will be insane you mm. know uh, but actually there might be things in those ideas that are worth the sharing
0: now moving on from the creative process i'm just wondering about teams what about sort of leading and managing creative teams
1: james yeah, so there's lots of things around that. I think a big trend that's happening. This is more in innovation side of things. Is I'm seeing increasing number of organisations who are kind of splitting up the the two roles, like very strongly defining between the CEO and the COO roles. Mm. So the CEO role is essentially there to go continually be looking and building new parts of business, innovating and pushing forward, even if it means you know cannibalising the the core business, which allows the CEO COO to be actually focusing on building you know, the, the main business itself. So what, what I would say, that, that I mean, that's different kind of innovation, kind of management stuff. I would say when it comes to the, probably the simplest thing people can do when it comes to um, how to manage creative teams is automate those tasks, which, frankly, no human should be doing. Mm. Um, I think you owe it to the people in your your team. And I, I, my team's, you know, I've got team in the Philippines, team here in the, the UK and some stuff in the US as well. Um, I would never delegate something to someone if i think i can automate it yeah. and i think this is especially the case in, in marketing automation for example there's so many things you can just automate first that then frees a huge cap- capability of your people to actually work on on the more higher level creative tasks rather than just doing those same tasks in and out so that's the first thing i would say automate automate as much as possible that you can then to allow your people to to do the you know the creative side of things and then i would say that the other thing around when you especially when you're talking in teams and i think especially goes for creative agencies is how to deal with um burnout or yeah. block. block. Yeah. and if you're every day you're having to produce 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 that is tough you know to do that so i think you have to develop kind of strategies for yourself and and for your team so you, you don't um you don't have that and that's Part of that is ensuring everyone gets adequate rest in what they're doing. I also am a big proponent of having them do kind of like CPD or or, or you know continual professional development or continual creative development on things not directly related to their job. Yes, they need to be going out there getting fresh inspiration. That could be you know going and taking one of these amazing MOOC uh, courses like Coursera or FutureLearn or something like that, going and learning something completely unrelated to their job because you know the creativity. Is like a muscle in that sense. You know, in the morning, you know, you, you're kind of like you're working out all the time, but you do need time where you can just let it rep. You can let things rest, and you can just be quite comfortable with a bit of ambiguity <laughs> around what you're doing and not continually producing.
0: Now, I know um, you sometimes talk about the creative mindset in in startups. So I was thinking, how, what about large, more established organisations? Tell us uh, about um, how you can you should be sort of thinking and acting in terms of creativity in the way that a startup would but in a more established organization
1: yeah so I mean obviously from the kind of silicon valley perspective you know we all come out from you know minimum viable products you're always thinking moving fast and breaking things you know you're, you're continually doing that that way i think when it comes to in terms of the mindset of, of the people in the organization there's a there's a very subtle but a very important thing i think you should think about one is you know, if you go way back, the way that creativity was always thought about was that we were vessels for creative ideas. Mm. That idea, those ideas may come from, you know, in, in way back, you know, the gods or higher power or the environment or the people around you, the teams that you were working with. And then that's how creativity was thought. of. Now, the good thing about that is if your creative project didn't work out, it wasn't all your fault because it's complicated. But if, you know, and if it, if it did work out, you couldn't take all the credit. <laughs> That's, that was a downside. Yeah. But then what happened is during the Enlightenment, a gentleman called Giorgio Pisari wrote a book called Lives of the Artist. And he said, no, 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 Michelangelo and Da Vinci are the creative geniuses. The individual is the creative genius. By doing that one small thing, he created this idea of the lone creative genius myth. The idea is this individual. We see it today. Just pick up any magazine, Fast Company, whatever magazine you'll see that one individual there on the cover. Yeah. But really, if you think about it, where does creativity come? I, I would argue that creativity is a team sport. Mm. It's something that you do in a you know a team context. And um, so the first thing I would say in terms of mindset of startups is really thinking of yourself as as a as a team in that context and don't feel it always has to be down. I mean there's no such thing anymore as the creative department. We're not we're not in the yeah. kind of 1950s madmen land anymore. Everyone in the team should be coming with their A game in, in terms of their, their, their creative, you creative know, abilities. So it's up to everyone to invest in those skills as well. So, but don't give yourself this, this whole thing. It like always has to come from me. Um, this is, I think it's a big difference when I speak to groups in, in the West in the UK and the U S as opposed to speaking groups in Asia In the West, we tend to think about creativity as this idea that things are created from nothing it has to be brand new. Now, that's because we come from a background where, where you know, I'll bore you the history, but basically it's because we come from a Judeo-Christian background. We believe the world was created from nothing. or Many people believe the world was created from nothing and it just kind of happened that way. Mm-hmm. In the East, you don't think about it. When I speak in the East, the way that creativity is thought about is because they come from a Buddhist or a Confucius background, that really creativity is where you take two existing ideas and you bring them together into a new and novel way. Now, if you think about it that way, and you think about your own creativity for yourself and and your team, then it actually becomes a lot more fun because it's like, what can I think about in in my industry? and How can I I go out and think about maybe a completely different business or a completely different industry, and how can I apply it to to what I'm doing as well? Mm. That's a small but pretty subtle change, but what it does is it takes that stress off of you of having to continually think you have to come up with some brand new novel thing. And actually where the real value can come, is where you can put just a really interesting slant on something because you borrowed something from a completely unrelated industry or business model and applied it to what you're doing.
0: So James, if you had one top tip or key takeaway for our audience today, what would that be?
1: I would say, and it go, this goes back to kind of like the 70s. So it's a, it a, sometimes feels a little bit kind of woo-woo, but actually this stuff works. And I was speaking to uh, the film, the guy that writes all the music for the TV show, Dexter, the yeah. other day. Mm-hmm. And he uses this, and I know I speak to so many creative people. I was talking to someone from lynda.com the other day um, that does a big on, online learning company, and they use this. And it's something called Morning Pages. Right. And if you've never heard it before, basically it's this. is you get yourself a journal. Every morning when you go, when you sit there with your morning cup of tea, you know, before everything, everything else is going. Sit and write freehand, three pages freehand, top of mind. You know, just flow, just kind of get what was what, on your head. Yeah. No one else is ever going to see this. It's not it's not a diary. It's just like getting stuff out of you know your head onto the page. Here's the value in that. Is as I mentioned, your creativity is a little bit like a muscle. It needs to be stretched and worked out every day. Yeah. So by doing those morning pages, you just kind of get those some of those ideas out of your head onto the page into some written. And then by all means you can kind of go back through them and say, oh, actually there's some there's some things, there's some there's some commonalities there. I, I noticed and I, I'm actually gonna maybe create a project from that. But you have to kind of first start getting those ideas out in the page. So always have with you either you know, your your Molesk, skin type notebook or an Evernote or something. Yeah. So you can be kind of capturing those ideas. But morning pages is a really, really powerful. Don't want, no one's ever gonna see them. It's just for you.
0: So it can be gobbledygook, because my mind is
1: full of yes. gobbledygook. Yes, perfect. That's it. No one else is gonna see it. But what you're doing there is you know it's like when someone does it learns improvisation i come from a, a, dra- a jazz music tradition now if you are someone to improvise if you say now improvise on this and they've never improvised before it's frightening is really frightening yeah so actually if instead you explain to them actually what i want you to do first is i want you to sing the thing first <laughs> then i want you to play the thing that you're singing as well so by getting by using singing as is 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 essentially a middle, it's a, it allows you to – uh, like a, a bridge allows you to cross over. So all the morning pages are is it just allows you to get ideas out of your head into some form, some written form, and it's a bridge to then you then maybe looking back at these things. Actually, I'm going to make this into a project or I'm going to take this one further or that's completely insane the idea, but there's something there and yeah. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Amazing. <laughs> Now, I. what about this thing called boundary
0: crossing? Tell us about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so th- this, this is a bit of a bizarre one. This is kind of coming relatively recently. I, w- I was interviewing for my, uh, my own podcast, the Creative Life Podcast. I interviewed uh, Dr. K.H. Kim, and uh, she's a scientist in, in the States. And she looked at, is there a link between intelligence and creativity? Because uh, it was always believed that there, w- there was there was a strong link between how intelligent was someone was and how creative they were. Uh, It was called the threshold theory. It was believed that in order to be someone to be very creative, they had to have an IQ of over 120, um, which is actually pretty high uh, as as an IQ level. So she looked into this and she actually found it was total nonsense, (laughs) which just wasn't supported. So if you look at if you look in North America, for example, you'll see that IQ levels are going up, but uh, creativity levels have been going down since the 1990s. That's Mm. because of the education system standardized testing it's reducing levels of creativity even though people are becoming more intelligent from an IQ perspective yeah but then what she did as part of that study she looked at the top Nobel she looked at Nobel Prize winners because these these are scientists writers who are considered the most creative that we reward with Nobel Prizes and what she found with those people is that they weren't necessarily the most intelligent people They, they were intelligent but they weren't like Mensa level often but what they were very good at was boundary crossing. Was taking an, one idea from one area and applying it to another mm-hmm. like i just mentioned you know the, the chinese way of of thinking about creativity where it's not a brand new thing but you'll take two existing ideas and put them together yes so yeah. so i think if, if you're thinking that, let's say if you're if you're an, like um if you're an expert in seo for example and the thing that you love about seo is is the data is the analytics side I would argue that you should probably, in terms of uh, continual development for yourself, is you should go and do stuff which are maybe humanities related. Completely, just go and study some other things. Go and study, you know, Greek philosophy or or some something else. Yeah. Because there will be things that you can apply for that. I mean, the classic example were things like um, in Shell years ago. They were there was one of the top engineers was trying to work out how to get more um, oil out of the seams in the North Sea, mm. and. One day he was sitting there with his son, and they were, I think, maybe at McDonald's or like a chain like that. And the little boy had one, of the, you know, those straws you have with the little bendy bits at the bottom. I do, yes. Um, so he had that, and he, he was looking at the engineer. Was looking, I thought, I wonder if I can make a drill, a pipe like that as well, a bendy pipe, so it can go down, but then it can also go across. Yeah. That one thing made that company billions of dollars. Uh, so. You know, so it's that kind of, and that's a classic example of boundary crossing, where you take an idea from a, something unrelated, fast food, <laughs> in yes. that case, to the oil industry. So, you know, read widely, go and get new inspiration. Don't go to the same conferences every time where you hear the same people talking about the same things. Go and stretch yourself, push yourself. It will be uncomfortable at times, but from that you will get, you know, probably more ideas and more innovative and creative ideas. That's
0: inspired me now that has James to sit in different coffee shops.
1: Yeah. In fact, there's, there's one interesting app and I don't know if you've used it. Someone told, I had a guest on my show recently and he told me about, and I love this app. It's called Coffitivity.
0: Yeah.
1: And basically it plays the noise of a coffee shop <laughs> on your computer. You can have it on your iPhone. As well. Um I mean, there has been some studies showing that low-level sound like that actually does improve levels of kind of creative thought at certain stages. But um, I think, yeah, I'd get out there, go go to a different coffee shop. <laughs> Hemingway always said, Red Hemingway always said, always have three coffee shops, cafes. You have one that you eat in, one that you work in, and one that you socialize in. But never make those the same coffee, the same cafes. How interesting! <laughs> different activities there.
0: Well, James, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, before we go, um, tell our listeners how they
1: can find out more about you and all that you do. Cheers. My pleasure coming on today. So there's, um, if you go to jamestaylor.me and just go jamestaylor.me forward slash free. I've got a free book on creativity. And uh, actually, if, also, if you go to jamestaylor.me forward slash creativity blueprint, I actually have a, a video series, a free video series. They can learn much more about dealing with creative blocks and the creative process and some of the most common questions I get asked about, about creativity. Fantastic. And your Twitter handle, just tell us what that is. Yeah, so it's james taylor underscore me. So come and, come and tweet me, come and say hello. Um, that
0: would be wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you very much, James. And thanks to our listeners for listening. These show notes are in the usual place, and that would be sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. Um, please leave us a review if are enjoying this show, because that will help us to um, do even better and get to even more people. If you want to drop us an email it's podcast at sitevisibility.com you can tweet us at site visibility. if you want to connect with me personally i'm dr pod d-o-c-t-o-r-p-o-d on linkedin and twitter and we have a site visibility group on linkedin so you can join in the conversation there as well so that's all from me andy and it's all from james
1: goodbye and wonderful speaking to you today andy it's been a great pleasure being on the show i've been a fan of for years
0: Thanks, James. And we'll see you all again next time on Internet Marketing.
1: Give them a gift
0: they'll never forget, because they'll still have it years later. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age, like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades.
1: Because a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. So be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Code GRATEFULAG23.
0: This is the story of
1: the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working...